We are in part three of our Comfort and Joy series. First week was Advent, and the second week, uh, Pastor Bob slash Pastor Dad um, spoke. That was last week. I was gone. It was the first Sunday I've ever missed this church, which was really weird. Um, so our first Sunday gone, we were in Chicago over the weekend. It was great, and we went, we went to church, and that was awesome just to go to church. It felt really weird and really foreign, and I was like, well, I don't have to greet people. And then worship was ready, and I was like pumped, ready to go preach, and I was like, oh, no, no, no. It's not my church. I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach. And so it was really weird, but it was awesome. Um, but we're really excited to be back and continuing in this series. So we are walking through Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. You can go ahead and throw that up on the screen. So last week, Pastor Bob preached this first portion. And then this week, I'm going to preach through the, the bold portion of this. And then we're going to continue on next week preaching through the rest. Does that sound okay? Yes? All right. It says this. We're going to continue. We're just going to read the whole thing, and then we'll, highlight, we'll continue with the highlighted part. It says this. But when in God's plan, the proper time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law, so that he might redeem and liberate those who were under the law. That we who believe might be adopted as sons, as God's children with all rights, as fully grown members of a family. And because you really are his sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then also an heir through the gracious act of God through Christ. I'm just going to read the portion that we're preaching on today. It says this, born of a woman, born under the regulations of the law, so that he might redeem and liberate those who are under the law. Let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for today. God, we thank you for redemption. We thank you for freedom that you've bought and paid for us on the cross. Lord, today we choose to lean in to you. God, I pray that we have open hearts and open ears to receive and hear your word. Lord, and that we can leave this place looking more like you than when we walked in. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help me deliver this message. Help me to say what you want me to say. Help me to deliver and speak the words that, that these people here this morning need to hear. Lord, and I ask that you do what only you can do. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're just going to break this down. It says this, born of a woman. Jesus was born of a woman. Why, why is that significant? <laughs> it's significant because... About 700 years before Jesus' birth, it was prophesied that, that he would come. Um, and all of the human narrative, all of the story of humanity points towards Jesus and then um, comes from Jesus. 
He's the center. He's the nucleus. He's the catalyst of everything about our story of, as humans. The Old Testament foreshadows Jesus' coming, and the New Testament reveals his mission and his purpose and unleashes his grace and his love on the earth. It's all about Jesus. Everything we believe, everything we live, it's all centered around him. It's all revolving around him. And it's significant because of, because of all that weight, Jesus entered the world. And now the world, in context of the time that he came, the world was in a dark place. Um, most of humanity had rebelled against God, so God's presence was, was kind of void of the earth. There, there was no more prophets or anything in, in Jesus' time. Um, it was kind of silence from God because the world had kind of turned their back on him. The government was um, in power and, and, and ruled unfairly. The economy was imbalanced. There was really rich people, and there was really, really poor people. There wasn't much America going on in Jesus' time. Culture was spinning out of control. People were their own gods. People chose what was right for themselves rather than following God's best for them. The world was in turmoil. There was no morals or any of that. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Sounds kind of like today, but... So when all this is happening, Jesus entered the earth. The prophesied Savior, the one that was going to break all of this uh, uh, baggage and break all, uh, through this mess and set everyone free and save the world. He was sent to save humanity. And Jesus came with all of that. And so I don't know, I wouldn't have expected him to enter the earth the way that, that he did. Has anybody seen... The Grinch with Jim Carrey. I hope so, yeah. Most everyone, okay. You know, at the beginning, when it shows, actually, I don't know if it's at the beginning. I haven't seen it in a while, if I'm being honest. Um, but at some point throughout the, that movie, it shows the Grinch how he was delivered in a basket. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He's in that basket and parachutes down, um, and all the other babies in Whoville were delivered in baskets, parachuting down from the sky. Now, with everything prophesied about Jesus and him being our Savior and the Son of God, that's how, I don't know about you, that's how I would have expected Jesus to come down to the earth, was literally just parachuting from the sky <laughs> in a beautiful red basket, uh, dropped on some big balcony, overlooking the city of Jerusalem, which he was meant to rule, and um, picked up by a king and raised to rule. and You know what I mean? That's, that's how I would picture Jesus. I think that's similar to how everyone else pictured Jesus as well. But Jesus did not come from a basket that descended from the clouds. Jesus was born of a woman just like all of us were. Jesus came in the same exact way that we were. And now Jesus wasn't even in a temple. He wasn't born in a temple. He wasn't even born in a hospital. Jesus was born in a barn, which the modern-day equivalent of being born in a barn would be being born in a barn. 
And that's how Jesus was born, in a, in a barn. To me, that shows his character and how humble he is. I think the essence of humility is that God became man, and not only did he become man, he was lower than the average man. He was born in a barn. That's significant to me, that Jesus is, he's like us. He knows us, and he can have empathy with our weaknesses because he was just like us, born of a woman. Next, it says that he was born under the regulations of the law. He was born under the regulations of the law. And now the law, he's not talking about the law of the land or the government. He's talking about the law that God gave uh, through covenant to his people, the Israelites. Um, there was 613 commandments that they had to follow in order to be in right standing with God. 613. Um, and if they broke one of them, then they had to sacrifice a certain animal. It was like different animals for different sins that they committed. Uh, and so they had to find it and they had to bring it to the temple and sacrifice an animal, which that's, that's punishment enough, having to slit it. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> But they had, to, they had to sacrifice animals and to atone for their sin. And eventually they, they couldn't keep up with the mess that they created. And so it was nearly impossible for them to be in right standing with God. And not only that, I, I believe that the human heart, for some reason, the human condition is bent towards rebellion. And so their natural tendency was to rebel against God. So people couldn't keep up with the commandments that he gave them. They couldn't follow the law. Not only that, their hearts were bent towards rebelling against the law. And so most people walked away from the Lord. Most people weren't in right standing with God because they couldn't keep up or they just didn't want to. And that same law, those same regulations, those same 613 commandments, Jesus was born under all of those as well. That to me says that Jesus was, he's with us. He came down and he had to follow the same path and the same rules as every other human had to. He didn't come uh, out of the womb in right standing with God. Jesus didn't have special treatment. Jesus didn't have a shortcut. Jesus was born under the same regulations of the law that we, or they, the Israelites, were under. Luckily, spoiler alert, Jesus fulfilled the law, so through him we fulfill the law. And so the regulations no longer apply to us. All we need to do is walk with Jesus. Um, but Jesus was born under the law. So he was with us. He had the same challenges. He had the same weaknesses as we do. Yet because he was so in tune and so connected to God in heaven, he was able to have strength to pave the way for us. Is anybody excited or thankful for that this morning? 
So he was born under the regulations of the law. And I say, why? It answers itself, to redeem and liberate. To redeem and liberate. That's why Jesus came. He was born under the regulations of the law so that he could redeem and liberate the ones that couldn't follow the law and couldn't uphold the law. Us. All people. Jesus came to redeem and to liberate the world. From what? From ourselves. Jesus came to redeem and liberate me from the worst parts of myself, of myself, the worst part of ourselves. He came to redeem us and liberate us from our sin. That's how much he loves us. He came down and did all this so that we could experience freedom, that we could experience redemption. That's the power of Christ. That's the love of Jesus. That's why I'm able to stand here today. That's why we're able to come and experience his presence, all because of what he did. And the, the context, like I said, where he came down was in that of rejection. People had rejected God, and although they rejected God, he still came to redeem them. And so even when we reject him, there is still always redemption for us. It's available for us. Even when we reject God, he still wants to redeem our rejection. And he wants to make us right with him. I don't know about you, but I'm really grateful that our God loves us so much that, that he came to redeem us, even in my rejection of him, even when I walk away. Now, all that said, I just have two quick points this morning. I'm doing really good on time. I'm getting so much better at preaching 30 minutes. This is a side note, but I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> I just have two quick points based off the last um, line that we, that we walked through, that Jesus came to redeem and liberate everyone. Uh, two points based off that fact that will help us this morning. The first one is this. Believe it. Believe it. Jesus came to redeem and liberate. We have to believe it. If you don't know Jesus and you haven't given your life to Jesus, then I'm here to tell you this morning that you can be redeemed. There's nothing that you've done. There's no sin that's too great. There's no life that's too dark. There's no past that's too broken that Jesus cannot redeem. That's why he came to earth was to redeem those who didn't know him, who had rebelled against him. So if you're in rebellion, that doesn't disqualify you from redemption. That actually sets the perfect stage for you to be redeemed by Christ. So rebellion does not disqualify you. It actually puts you in the perfect position for his redemption. He came for the rebellious. 
So if you're in here this morning and you don't know him, you can be redeemed. Your past can be wiped away through his blood. And you can be in right standing with God. And when we're in right standing with God, that unleashes joy that we never experienced. That unleashes a peace that passes all understanding. That unleashes a hope that we can hold on to when life is dark. That's what Jesus came for, was redemption. To redeem those that rejected him. So, so what? You've rejected and, and denied God. That's okay. He still loves you and he still wants to redeem you this morning. And for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus, I'm here to remind us that you are still and always forever redeemed. You need to remember your redemption every day. Did you make a mistake? It's okay. You're redeemed still. Are you stuck and addicted to a certain sin? It's okay. You are redeemed still. Do you feel like you made a mistake and took a wrong step in life? You are redeemed. God can fix it. All we have to do is just surrender it to him. Is your marriage falling apart? That's okay. You're redeemed. Do you struggle with anger? Do you struggle with doubt? Do you struggle with fear? Are you, are you uh, ridden with anxiety, ridden with depression? That's okay. You are still and constantly redeemed. Even when I don't see my redemption, even when I don't feel my redemption, I can speak it in faith because I know that I'm redeemed. See, we just have to believe it. God's grace is not just for your past. God's grace is over your process. Jesus did not die just to redeem our past, but he is constantly redeeming us as we walk in our process. You're still redeemed. Don't carry the weight that you're not supposed to carry. Jesus came to, to redeem and to liberate. Redemption and liberation or freedom. Liberating is to set free. So Jesus came to set us free. I have to believe that. Sometimes I don't feel free. Sometimes I don't feel joy. Sometimes I don't feel peace. Because whatever's going on in my life and everything all around me speaks the opposite into me. But if I believe that I'm free, then I can speak my freedom into my situation instead of letting my situation speak bondage over my life. And that's how we ought to live, by believing. Listen, if you belong to Jesus, you are free from your past. You're free from your addictions. You're free from your depression. You are free from it. We just have to believe it. He came to liberate us. And so let's live like we're liberated. That's point number two is live it. Point number one is believe it. Point number two is live it. I don't have to live if I believe that I'm redeemed and reminded that I'm redeemed, I don't have to live or do anything for redemption. 
It's already bought and paid for on the cross with Christ. I don't have to do anything to be redeemed. I need to learn to live it, though, and we need to learn to live from a place of redemption. Stop living for redemption and striving for redemption and start walking and running through life from redemption. You're redeemed. Live it. You messed up, it's covered. You fall on your face and you make a mistake, get up and keep running because I'm living from redemption. Even when I make a mistake, it's still covered because God's grace covers my process, not just my past. We gotta live it. Live like you're redeemed. Live from redemption. You gotta live like I'm set free. Live like I'm free. I gotta live it. Live like I'm free. Um, this past weekend, like I said, we were in Chicago. And I have this stuff up here with me for a reason. It's not just to clutter the stage because I don't like clutter or mess at all. Um, and now if you know anything about Chicago, you know that it's big. And you know that there's not much parking. And so we got an Airbnb um, downtown by the Navy Pier. And there's no parking besides parking ramps. And so our Airbnb was um, someone's condo that, you know, that whole Airbnb thing. I don't think I need to explain that. It's 2019. If you don't know, Google it, please. Um, so we got, we rented through Airbnb, a condo downtown. Um, and then about two and a half blocks away, uh, Katie found a parking ramp. And so we parked there. And it was, it was really pretty close. It wasn't bad. But we had to walk, obviously, from the parking ramp to the hotel. And now when we walked to the hotel, um, I let Katie decide, and we took two trips. And then when we walked from the hotel, I'm not a two-trip guy, okay? That's not me. And so I, I was like, no, we are doing one trip. I don't care. How long it t I don't care if it takes us longer to get there in one trip. I'm not coming all the way back up here and getting my stuff. Where are you getting to, <laughs> to the ramp? And so I was loaded with stuff. Um, I literally, so I had two jackets with me because the weather was weird. Don't judge me. It was 47 one day, and then the next day it was like 10, right? Something? Anyway, so I had this warm winter jacket with me, but I also had my, my leather jacket. And so I was wearing my leather jacket, and I was carrying, I can't even do this with the mic. I was carrying this jacket. Um, I actually was uh, carrying a bag of Katie's that the handle is broken. And so I had this strap, right? Um, and it was an Airbnb. And we do the Airbnb because they have a kitchen and we're cheap. And so we buy groceries when we go on vacation and we cook. How's that? Well, we're poor. We're pastors. Get over it. Um, so I got all this stuff. And not only that, I'm a shoeaholic. I'm working on it, though. And so I brought two pairs of shoes. That's not bad. So I had this extra pair of shoes. And so I have all this stuff. Um, there was another bag of groceries, actually, and then a bag that was strapped onto uh, this, okay? So I had all this stuff, and I'm trying to be the strong husband. So I'm going to take way more than what's necessary so that Katie doesn't have to take much at all. Um, so I have all this stuff, and I'm walking down the 
the road like this, and now it's freezing out this day, and so my hands were as cold as ever. I couldn't feel them anymore because they were exposed because I couldn't wear my gloves because I had to balance all this stuff and carry all this stuff because of pride. And so I'm walking down like this, and um, each bump that we go over, the bag on top shifts and almost falls off. And so I'm just trying to get there, and then I start to get frustrated. But I'm not saying anything because I can't admit to Katie that she was right, and we could have just done two trips. And, and so I'm, I'm hauling all this, and eventually we made it, but it was really difficult. I made it way harder than it had to be. It was way more difficult of a situation and a scenario because of my pride and my unwillingness to uh, just take two trips or have less stuff. But I feel like this is often how we follow Jesus. I'm okay. I got it. Um, and I got all this stuff, and I, I can't balance it. And I'm just trying to drag it, and I'm going down the sidewalk, and there's insane Chicago people that are driving faster than you should be driving on, on a city street. And then there's also people that are walking so fast that they have their legs look like little torpedoes on them. And I don't know what's going on. And so I'm sorry, you drop stuff. But, but I'm, trying to, I'm trying to follow Jesus, but it's really hard to do what God has for me to do when I have all this stuff and I have all this baggage and I have all this fear and I have all this doubt and I have all this anxiety and I have all these ties to my past and I have all these regrets, regrets and I have all this depression and I have all this insecurity and I have all this mess as I follow Jesus. But listen, Jesus did not come so that we could follow him with baggage. Jesus came to liberate us from our mess. Jesus came to set us free from our mistakes. Jesus came to set us free from our fear, from our doubt, from our insecurity, from our pain, you are free. And so you need to stop carrying around your baggage and just let it go and just learn how to walk in freedom and live it out because I can live from freedom, not for freedom. I don't have to do anything to earn my freedom because Jesus paid for it on the cross. So now I can be free. And listen, there's still baggage, but but when we, when we walk through life, there's, there's still a load to carry. But like Connor said, it's light. I don't got this. I don't need a toothbrush. I don't need jeans. There's nothing in the bag but socks. <laughs> so now I can walk through life. And look at this. This is easy. This is freedom. This is following Jesus. When I get stressed and it starts to, to pile on, I let it go. When my depression that I, I struggle with starts to creep up on me, I, I, I surrender it. When my pride starts to overtake my heart and I start to get arrogant, I let that go. When I let my insecurity and my faults define me and I start to speak uh, false things over my life through the lens of my insecurity, I lay that down at the feet of Jesus because why? Because he came so that I could be free from that and so we can walk in freedom. So let's do it. Let's live like it. Let's live from freedom. I am free 
because Jesus set me free and so I can walk through life in freedom. Matt, can you come up and help me? What Jesus paid for on the cross, we can't even fathom. And what loads our our suitcases is doubt. When I doubt that I'm free and I don't believe it, then I can't live it. But I need to believe that I'm free. I need to believe that I'm redeemed. I think sometimes we think it's easy to believe that Jesus loves other people, and it's hard to believe that Jesus loves us. But Jesus loves you. And he died for you, and he accepts you for who you are, where you are. So you might be in here this morning, and maybe you, didn't, you haven't given your life to Jesus, and so you feel like, I'm not redeemed. And today's the day you want to say, I believe it. I believe that I'm redeemed. I want Jesus to set me free. I want to live in redemption. I want to live in freedom. I don't want to carry my past anymore. I want to walk in freedom. If that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to raise your hand. You're just saying, Jesus, I want to give you my life today. Or maybe you've walked away from Jesus and you say, Jesus, I need to come back to you today. I need your redemption. I need your freedom this morning. We just want to pray for you. Go ahead and pray. Jesus, we just thank you for what you've done on the cross. We thank you that because of your blood, we've been set free. We've been liberated. We thank you that you give us redemption and that our past can be corrected by you. God, and so this morning we choose to believe it and we choose to live it. Lord, I pray that you give us the strength, you give us the perspective that we need to believe that we're redeemed and that we're free and to live like we're redeemed and that we're free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.